What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey May Larry. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a quick preview of week four in the NFL. I already recorded a preview a few days ago, but I'm going to give a few updates of some other storylines around the NFL over the last day or so. So the Browns will be without Deshaun Watson today at the starting quarterback position. It'll be Dorian Thompson-Robinson making his NFL debut Watson is out with a shoulder injury, so DTR, the rookie quarterback from UCLA, will be stepping in against the Baltimore Ravens. One thing with Deshaun Watson is that he hasn't really looked great this season. He's still rusty. He's not very consistent. And now with the shoulder injury, obviously that's going to make it tough for him to be able to perform at a high level. So he'll be out of the lineup today. We'll see what DTR can do. I really liked what I saw from him in the preseason. He was 37 to 58 passing for 440 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and 14 carries for 69 yards in four games. He looked very good in the preseason. I know it was only preseason, so you're only going up against backups for the most part. So today will be a tougher test for him against Baltimore, but I think he can ball. At UCLA last year, 27 passing touchdowns to 10 interceptions with 645 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. I look for him to probably move outside the pocket today a good amount. I'm sure he's going to try to scramble and use his legs. And with that being said, I think he's very capable of a 45-yard, 50-yard rushing day against Baltimore's defense if he uses his legs to his ability and runs maybe six or seven times. I'm a big fan of his. I'm going to be rooting for him to do big things today. It might be tough against Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to win this game regardless whether it was Deshaun Watson or DTR starting. But I will be rooting for DTR to have a good game. He could catch your eyes with a couple big plays today like he did in the preseason. He's a very good player and has a strong arm. I think he's capable of throwing a touchdown or two in today in the game. So we'll see what he can do there for the Browns. Moving on to the next headline, Derek Carr will start for the Saints today against the Bucks, Despite reports earlier in the week that he would miss today's game with an AC joint sprain, he'll be starting today. And I know there were a lot of reports that Jameis Winston was going to get the start, but Derek Carr looks like he'll be ready to go today. So he'll be playing against the Bucks at 1 o'clock. And that will also be Alvin Kamara's first game back with the New Orleans Saints this season. So that's going to be exciting to see him back in that offense. Jamal Williams is hurt right now. Kendra Miller, rookie running back from TCU, is the only other back they have in that backfield. So I'm excited to see what Alvin Kamara can bring to that offense. I think he's going to have a big season. Considering he was suspended for the beginning of the year, he's coming back now with fresh legs and will be determined to help out that offense. So I'm excited to see what Alvin Kamara can do. I still think he's a very good back and should be the leader of that backfield, even with Jamal Williams healthy. Anthony Richardson will be back for the Colts today and will be playing against the Rams. I still think the Rams win this game. I think they're the better team at the end of the day, but Richardson will be back as a starting QB for them, which is actually a big add to their offense considering how electric he was at the beginning of the season before going down with an injury in Week 2. Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback for the Raiders, will be starting today with Jimmy G out with a concussion. This will be his first NFL game action, just like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, two rookie quarterbacks making their first start of their careers today. So we'll see what O'Connell can do. He looked very good in the preseason, played in three games, was 43 of 62 passing for 482 passing yards and three touchdowns, had a very good college career at Purdue as well, 50 touchdowns to 24 deceptions in his last two years starting at Purdue. If he plays today, like he did in the preseason, that would be huge for the Raiders offense. I know a lot of Raiders fans are excited to see him in action today for them. This is his first start, as I said, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on the kid. But at the same time, he looked very good and crisp in the preseason. If he can just play controlled like he did then, which I know playing in the preseason is easier than playing in NFL game action since you're playing against now NFL starters rather than backups for the most part in the preseason. Then the Raiders would be in a decent position today to score some points versus the Chargers, who have been struggling to start the year as well. They're 1-2 just like Las Vegas is, so this is a big game for both teams who are looking to get themselves back to 500. And the way I feel about sports in general is when you're one and two, just getting back to 500 is huge. Then you even yourself up record-wise, and then you can get back on track. If you're one and two and you fall to one and three, you got to win two more games to get yourself back to 500. BC football is one and three heading into this weekend before they win yesterday. But I said before the game that if they win that game and they improve to two and three, 
and win next week against Ami and get back to three and three and be five hundred. When you're one and three, if you get yourself back to five hundred, it's a clean slate. You get yourself back on track. So if you're one and two, winning this game this weekend, week four, can get yourself back on track and get you back at five hundred to reset. And get you back to square one. So we'll see what happens in that game. I think it'll be a close one. I think the Raiders are capable of moving the ball even without Jimmy G. O'Connor looks very good in the preseason, as I've mentioned now. So if he could throw a couple touchdown passes today, that would be huge for the offense. And obviously he has two very great weapons in Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. So that obviously helps. And obviously a very good running back in Josh Jacobs. We'll see if he can get things going today. That would definitely make things easier on O'Connor if they could run the ball effectively. So there's a lot of rookie quarterbacks starting today. O'Connell being one of them, Dorian Thompson-Robinson being another. You got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, the top three quarterbacks of the draft, all starting today as well. So a big day for the rookie quarterback class. We'll see how they all do. As I've mentioned on multiple times, CJ Stroud was the best quarterback in the draft in my eyes. And it's looked like that through the first three weeks of the season. He's the only rookie quarterback in NFL history with 900 passing yards and no interceptions. Very impressive start to his career, and I think he has a good day today against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a tough defense to go up against, but Stroud is a very good quarterback. He's doing very good things behind an offensive line that isn't great at all. And I also read that CJ Stroud has his teammates over for dinner with a private chef almost every night. So that obviously creates a lot of team chemistry, and it shows how good a leader he is. I know it's only three games into his career, but when you have a quarterback that's playing that well three games in, and he's also a proven leader just three games into his career, that's very impressive. So I'm happy to see that for the Houston Texans. I thought at the draft he was the best quarterback, and now you see through the first three games that he's very capable of making a lot of good things happen with not much around him like other quarterbacks have. So now I'm going to transition and talk about the Bears and Broncos game, a game that I already mentioned in my preview, but I want to talk about it a little bit more since I just saw a tweet from Adam Schefter that said that the Bears have lost 13 straight games, including eight at home, and the Denver Broncos haven't won a road game in the United States since November 7th of 2021 versus Dallas Cowboys. That's a crazy stat there. It's been almost two years since the last time the Denver Broncos have won a road game in the United States. And the Bears have lost 13 straight games, including eight at Soldier Field. For some reason, I like the Bears today. They're at home. They're playing the Broncos, who are allowing 40.7 points per game, which is worst in the NFL. So credit to Miami for that 70-point game on offense last week. That's obviously a big reason that the Broncos are allowing almost 41 points per game. The Bears' defense isn't great either, giving up 35.3 points per game, which is second-worst in the NFL. So a bad defense going up against a bad defense. With that being said, I think Chester Fields is going to throw a few touchdown passes today and maybe 225 passing yards and give the Bears their first win of the season. I know they're underdogs, but they had a strong finish to the game against the Chiefs last week. I know it was fourth-quarter garbage time, and the Chiefs didn't have the starters out there still. But the Bears found a way to get two scoring drives in at the end of the game. And they also played better defense in the fourth quarter as well. I expect DJ Moore to have a touchdown score today, like he did in the fourth quarter last week. And both of these teams are dysfunctional. Both of them are 0-3 looking for their first win of the season. But at least the Bears did finish the game last week against Kansas City on a higher note. If you look at that game for Denver last week, their defense just completely gave up and played with no effort. So I'd worry more about Denver than I would about the Chicago Bears today. It might sound crazy, but I think the Bears win this game. So the last thing I wanted to mention was a Sunday night football showdown between the Kansas City Chiefs and New York Jets. The Jets will be at home for this one at MetLife Stadium. Aaron Rodgers just got clearance from his doctors to fly to New York for tonight's game. He was at the Jets facility yesterday and attended a team meeting and was able to speak to his teammates, which could maybe switch up their luck having him in their locker room and having him on the sidelines. I think that would obviously be a great thing for Zach Wilson, having Aaron Rodgers in his ear and teaching him during the game where he could improve. I think that would be a big thing for Zach Wilson in his progression. I feel bad for Wilson and all the criticism he's gotten over the last few weeks. Yes, I know he hasn't played well. I know he's struggled. I've watched every game just about. But I feel like no one's trying to lift up his confidence, which can be huge for a quarterback. Confidence is key. And it seems like everybody in the world is against Zach Wilson right now 
but he can prove everybody wrong with a big game tonight. Under the bright lights of Sunday Night Football, which he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone at the end of the day, but it would be nice to see him silence some of his doubt is with a nice stat line tonight. And this is a game where no one's given the Jets any chance considering how poor the Jets' offense has looked over the last couple weeks. Nobody thinks they're going to be in this game. But at the end of the day, there's no better time to get things right than under the bright lights of Sunday Night Football. Everybody in the country is going to be watching this game. Nobody's expecting Zach Wilson to have a good night. Why not go out there and prove people wrong on a night when nobody's giving you and your team a chance? One thing with Zach Wilson is that he has struggled, as I've mentioned, two touchdowns, four interceptions on the year with a 53% completion percentage. But if the Jets can find a way to control the game with the run game and open up holes for Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, that could be huge for Zach Wilson in the pass game. A great run game makes it easier on the quarterback. And I'd like to see Zach Wilson run the ball a few times tonight. Scramble a few times, maybe get downfield, and try to pick up a few first downs. If he scrambles maybe two or three times and nothing's open downfield, he can move the sticks a few times and grab a few first downs to this Jets offense. The Jets offense last week really struggled versus the Patriots. But if you look at what he did against Dallas, wasn't a great game. Just a 44% completion percentage with 170 passing yards, a touchdown, and three picks. One thing he did well in that game was run the ball. Five carries to 36 yards. I'd like to see him use his legs and try to scramble a few times tonight, maybe for 20, 25, 30 yards. That could be big for this Jets offense, figuring out a way to move the ball downfield. Since last week, it seemed impossible for them to even get a first down. In last week's game versus the Patriots, Wilson had 157 passing yards with a 50% completion percentage, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It was a tough game all around for the Jets moving the ball. And the Jets' defense didn't show up either. They had no sacks versus the Patriots' offensive line that was heavily criticized in the offseason. The Jets' defense was heavily hyped in the offseason. Everybody was talking about that Jets defense and how they were Super Bowl ready. And they have a lot of talent on that defense. Quinton Williams, C.J. Mosley, Sauce Gardner, D.J. Reed. That defense is very talented. But they didn't show up against the Patriots last week. Didn't force any turnovers against Mac Jones and had no sacks. So the defense has to show up too. One thing that could help Zach Wilson tonight's game is that Taylor Swift will be there. So that's going to take a lot of pressure off of him knowing that the NBC coverage of the game will probably show her every other player rather than showing him in the sidelines. So that could take some pressure off of him. And there's no better time to figure things out than in a primetime game. Because everybody in the country is watching and you can gain respect for people that have been doubting you and you can silence your haters while they're all watching the game. And Wilson has struggled this season. I'm not saying he hasn't. He hasn't looked good. Two touchdowns, four picks, and a 53% completion percentage. But what I hope for him is that he figures things out. And I know it's heavy wishful thinking, thinking that he could have a big night tonight on Sunday Night Football. But with all the slander he's received and all the hate that's being sent his way 24-7 over the internet over the last couple weeks, and from ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever it may be, Colin Coward, Stephen A. Smith, Dan Orlovsky, everybody's going at Zach Wilson left and right. But I'm rooting for this kid now more than ever, and I want to see him do well, considering how much people have been against him over the last few weeks. Who knows how many more opportunities he's going to get. If he keeps struggling like he has this season and struggles tonight, his time as a starting quarterback could be dwindling. Maybe the Jets could go out and look elsewhere in the trade market. Maybe they could make a switch at quarterback and let Trevor Simeon start. Who knows? But what I do know is that Zach Wilson has an opportunity tonight to try to keep his job and prove people wrong on primetime TV. What I hope for tonight is that he's like 22 of 35 passing for 225 passing yards, two touchdowns and a pick. I know that's heavy wishful thinking, thinking that he can go for 200 plus yards and two touchdowns with only one interception, considering how poor he's looked over the last three games. But nobody's giving this kid a chance. And I understand why. Because he hasn't looked great at all this season. He's really struggled left and right. Every single play, it seems like it's tough for that team to even get a first down. 
But I'm rooting for him just to go out there and make a few plays and silence some of the people that have been against him and all over him on the internet for the last few weeks. And a lot of people have been against Robert Sala as well and his support of Zach Wilson. Sala said to the media this past week that Zach Wilson's still their quarterback and they believe in him. But what do the people in the media expect Robert Sala to say? Do they expect him just to say, yeah, Zach Wilson's awful and we know we're going to lose? A head coach can't do that. So I like him supporting Zach Wilson. And I know there's a lot of reports that the Jets defense and a lot of their players are upset with Robert Sala's support of Zach Wilson. But what is the head coach supposed to do? Is he supposed to go up to Wilson and say, yeah, you've been awful and you're not an NFL quarterback? No, you're supposed to give your quarterback some confidence. Sala and the Jets don't gain anything by Sala going to the media and saying, yeah, we know we're going to lose tonight. You don't gain anything by slandering your quarterback in front of the media for everyone to get a bad quote and run with. You don't get anything from that. What he's trying to do right now is trying to give Zach Wilson some support, support that he needs. With Joe Namath going out with the quotes over the last week saying he's seen enough of Zach Wilson, he doesn't want to see him anymore. That must be tough as Zach Wilson's confidence. I did watch a Zach Wilson press conference from a few days ago, and in it he was asked about Joe Namath. And he had a great response. He said, Joe Namath's a legend, and he's a very passionate fan. And at the end of the day, we're just trying to go out there, and we're going to try to prove him wrong on offense. And Wilson also noted that everybody believes in each other in the locker room. And whether or not that's actually the case, since there's a lot of reports about the defense being upset with Zach Wilson and being upset with Robert Sala, you do need a team that supports you at the end of the day. Because if you make a mistake on offense and you throw an interception or you fumble or you drop the ball, or let's say you have a big penalty against you, everybody on the team pays for that. That's what being on a team's all about. You win as a team, you lose as a team, and obviously you make mistakes as a team, and everybody's going to pay for that at the end of the day, just like everybody's celebrating when things go right and somebody makes a big play. So I apologize for the rant there. I'm not sure if you really want to hear a whole rant about Zach Wilson at the end of this episode, but regardless, I felt the need to come on here and support him. And whether or not he actually has that 225-yard passing game with two touchdowns like I'm hoping for, I know I could be very wrong in the end, and he has the reverse of that. But I figure the kid needs some positive support and energy sent his way. So I'm rooting for that tonight on Sunday Night Football. Anyways, I will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.